Welcome to the Artists in the Ambulance Revisited Podcast, where we, thrice, take you on a conversational journey with guests and friends about both the recording of the original album as well as the new one. Look around and you see that at times it feels like no met a lot of people along the way so it was really cool in revisiting this to bring a lot of those friends in to to be a part of it make sure to check out the new album anywhere you buy or stream music and come and celebrate the 20th anniversary of the artist in the ambulance with us on tour see all tour dates on thrice.net the photo that's on the front is this brutalist hospital building. I think it's a mental hospital in Australia. But I, Is it really? Yeah. Thank you for your many years of support and love for this album. We cherish it as much as you do. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the live, the artist in the ambulance revisited podcast, uh, and we're gonna do some Q and A. Well, you're gonna Q and we're gonna A. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be cool. Uh, do you have questions about uh, the artist in the ambulance, the old, the new, the tour, anywhere in that realm? Simon is asking. Uh, it's related. Has relearning illusion of safety and artist influenced? the next album at all hmm. i think I it will like, yeah there's no way it won't in some way yeah we have not been actively working on it a lot uh kind of planning to start that up on this tour again uh, so we have a lot of stuff already written but then we'll probably be uh reworking and re or writing more stuff too so i feel like doing both those records, learning them both again back to back. It's definitely made us, I think, see things about those records that we, you know, had either forgotten about or uh, kind of reappreciated uh, as we went back to them. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I feel like there's some, there's some things, like, I guess I noticed it more on the illusion stuff because I was like, such a different vibe um that i was like oh that's super fun like like i forgot that that was fun just because there there are certain elements of some of that stuff on on illusion and maybe a little bit on artist where i'm like a lot of people have done it now and it feels kind of overdone or something and that mm-hmm. might be just like the way a song breaks down or or something like that but i think we can use what we learned going back to it and kind of reimagine it in a way where it doesn't feel like it's overdone, but kind of maybe still contain that energy. It's interesting because like people think like, oh yeah, here's like, like they're playing like heavy stuff, but some of the stuff that we do now feels way more heavy. It's just, I guess it depends on how you describe heavy, but I think some of the energy is, is maybe what people are talking about. And I, I, I do enjoy that energy. Can't touch this is asking, was it tempting to make more dramatic changes to songs when re-recording? I think we touched on that a little bit, but we, it was kind of, I don't know if it was tempting or it was just like trying to figure out like what the right approach was. Like 
there was talk of like, do we completely redo this almost as if we're, you know, a different band and covering it and, you know, what would we do to, to make it our own? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that could have been interesting, uh, but it's just, it's not the route that we chose in the end. I think we felt like we had to thread a needle and play it like it made sense for us now, but try to change almost as little as, as made that was, it was just kind of, uh, following where it, it led without trying to like completely blow it up. I feel like you made, I'm oh, sorry, you go ahead. Uh, just, uh, the dramatic changes were more tonally than structure structurally. I feel like Brian did such a good job of getting these songs to where they needed to be structurally that they're, they're all really sound that, is very true. that way. It's just using more, more modern tones. I think mm-hmm. I didn't really change very much at all. Like very few changes. Dustin, I think like Dustin. in another thing you were mentioning, just honoring the original project in a way. And I felt like that, that's kind of a good way to put it. Like maybe change too much. It's like kind of like, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I think when we were talking about that originally, I was just, we were trying to think about what it would be like to listen to. And while it could be fun to have a lot of changes, it's hard. We also thought, you know, you get so attached to this thing. And so how do you, how do you play it in a way that doesn't lose, like it doesn't constantly rub on that attachment that you already have to this mm. thing that you love. Uh, but it, at the same time is breathing some fresh air into it or new life, I guess. Yeah. Teps, did you change any guitar stuff really? Or were you, were you honoring it for the most part? It's a loaded, no, loaded I don't question. think I changed. <laughs> I don't think I changed anything really. Um, did you yeah, add, I, I mean, I, I keep using, huh? Did you add some of the stuff you do like in silhouette that you do live or whatever? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. I guess, yeah, there's some stuff that like, if a song kind of develops certain, I don't know, different parts or just little flavors or something after playing it live for 20 something years. Um, yeah, I definitely incorporated that i mean i felt like that's like an evolution of the the song itself and not necessarily something that we're trying to rearrange or anything you know Mm. Uh, which i think is kind of the interesting thing about doing this too is like capturing how these songs have evolved over time you know yeah i think that's a good point the they have changed it's just a lot of that change has happened over 20 years so that's i think what we were trying to grab Another one. Uh, did you find the process of re-recording an album more stressful than actually writing one start to finish? I would say definitely not. It still was a lot of work, <laughs> but yeah, it still was like all the work of of recording, which is a lot. Uh, but I think generally the work of writing is a heavier load. It's a that's it's a longer process for us at least usually, and it's. For sure. <laughs> a lot going on there. Whereas the actual recording part is quicker and, uh, yeah, it's just a little more compressed than it's very drawn out the, the writing process usually. So I think one of the more stressful things about this process is we are doing in the middle of a bunch of stuff. So like normally when you're 
recording、mm. an album, you kind of set everything aside. That's true. And then you can focus on this. But we were actually like learning the illusion of safety stuff, play for those 20 year anniversaries as we were learning or recording the artist stuff. So it's like, Kind of like, a, like our bandwidth for like what we can like kind of contain in the memory and feel comfortable with, I guess, was like kind of stretched. Oh, and, and relearning Visu so that we could play it at 2000 Trees. I forgot about that. Yeah. July of last year.、Mm -hmm. It was a lot, a lot to handle、yeah. at once. We're probably in the like recent memory, like 100 something songs. To be able to be like, okay, we got to do this now. You know, it's wild to think about.、Mm -hmm. The question is, what are your favorite moments from the artist in the ambulance? That might have changed over the years. Do you guys have anything? I'll think about this. <laughs>uh Let me think. Let me think. That's from Crikey Moss. I guess we should say people's screen names. I've always really liked the build up to the breakdown at the end of Under a Killing Moon.、Mm. And I like it a lot、um, with Sam from Architects on it. I think something that hits really hard, especially on the re record, I think because we slowed, no, we slowed down the original. I don't know. It, it hits hard in the original too, but the, the slowdown like into the breakdown of Abolition of Man is fun.、Mm -hmm. It feels super heavy. That's the part that we were calling the. Why is my brain not thinking about it? When the, we first wrote the it? The band that has the. Integrity. Integrity. No,、right? no, no. The Armenian、yeah. Genocide、no? song.、Uh, why can't I think of that band? Huh? Unbroken? No. It's like that.、Uh, the way that guitar riff sounds like reminded me of that.、Uh, I think maybe specifically that Armenian Genocide song, but I can't remember the band. My brain is broken. Whatever. All right. <laughs> I like that part. <laughs>、mm. <laughs> It'll come to me when I'm lying awake at night、uh, when I can't sleep from a jet lag.、Um, but、uh, yes,、yeah, so、really, that part's fun.、Uh, I really like a lot of hoods too. Yeah. Just grooving in on time signatures and releasing into the like swing and. There's a cool bass break and the outro is crazy. It's a really interesting song. That one's all, it's super cool. It's really fun to, fun to play too. Oh, Tips, maybe it is integrity. I don't know why yeah, that's not you, sounding right in、so. my head, but okay. I feel like a lot of the parts that、integrity、I enjoyed about the original, like probably still are, still are some of my favorite parts.、Um, But then some of the things that we did with the new version, we we're almost like highlighting those in a way by maybe like it's a breakdown and slowing it down, just getting it to like kind of like hit that. I don't know, like it hit a new kind of depth to the、uh, usually it'd be like some sort of halftime thing. But even、um, one of my favorite bass lines, I'm saying something of it I did myself, is the.、Uh, You're loud. Mel melting point of wax. <laughs>、um, mm. That's a good one. Like, we were on the original, we were trying to find the right tempo for it. And for the most part, like, it felt really good at the tempo that it was there. But then it was kind of rushing a thing that I was doing, which is 
it suits the song, but then we slowed it down because I think we felt a little bit more comfortable with it being a little bit slower. And that's just like, um, yeah, it's like it's the, the choruses. Yeah, the trying the to balance like between the energy you get with something being a quicker tempo and sometimes the feel you get by slowing it down is yeah. can be difficult. So I think that was I helpful like, for, for that. that I like that song a lot. It like the lyrics, the the melody is like super awesome. And it's another song where it's like weird time signatures and it's going from like this kind of like five, which feels kind of uh, choppy to a swing like three that feels really good when it like crashes into that um and then the weight crashes back it's like really it's a cool yeah it's that's something fun to play with that we've done with five going to six sometimes six going to seven and sometimes seven going to eight but when you <laughs> can have two time signatures that are next to each other you're essentially kind of cutting one of them off and it gives it a, a certain kind of energy because it keeps picking up, picking up. And then when you let it go, there's this like really satisfying settling that happens. Um, and it feels like, oh, there it is. It's locked in. Yeah. What about uh, what made you guys recruit guest vocalists? And is this something you will do again in the future? For funds. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think um, this album basically made a career for us <laughs> and um we've met a lot of people along the way so it was really cool in revisiting this to bring a lot of those friends in to to be a part of it yeah i think that that's a good way of phrasing it like the all of the people on there somehow were connected with that journey in one way or another mm -hmm. and i think we could do it again i don't know we always, I think we always talk about it and then it gets down to like recording time and we're just like going. We don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, the I one feel with like... Emma Ruth Rundle happened just because we we're like, this really sounds like we need uh, another voice on this, um, which doesn't always happen that specifically. So usually right. it's mm -hmm. more about, you're like, oh, that would be fun to have someone, but we don't need it to happen. Yeah, it's always hard because like you need the person that's singing to have the time that's true to it yeah and the it has line, to line up with your time yeah, yeah. and then mm -hmm. like access, access to studio yeah. yeah yeah which thankfully is a bit easier than it used to be with people being able to track For themselves sure. at times but mike mike Minnick, who did abolition of man Right? That was a song, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he ended up driving like four or five, five hours or whatever to us just to like, and then hung out for the day and then drove straight back, which is so cool. So wild. What about why did you, why did you guys release this on February 1st? That was a Wednesday. Normally new music is out on Fridays. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if there's any significance to that date or why February is that we wanted to surprise. Oh, you. is that why we did a Wednesday? Uh, I don't think it was like Wednesday specific, but we just mm. did not want to do it on a typical release day. Nah. It was a, bit more unexpected i guess okay i had forgotten that did 
when did music used to come out? It was not Fridays. Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Yeah, right? I remember because you'd, you'd yeah. go to the record store on a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Who decides that stuff? That was fun, though, because it right. made Tuesdays, which are generally unremarkable, a, a fun day. Yeah. It'd be interesting to you know don't need more fun on Friday. Began. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, there's probably a good story. How does the new studio affect the recording process as opposed to using other studios in the past? Hmm. What were the biggest challenges challenges in getting it built? It seems like you guys did most or all of the work yourselves. Yeah. Um, Not driving far to it <laughs> is a big plus. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest thing is that we are recording things ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we have done that at kind of at different studios too. Not, not really. Because well, I mean, uh, well, we yeah. did Alchemy. We did part of and Beggars, but that was in my place. We did all the guitars and stuff for. Oh, that's true. Palms. palms. Oh yeah, true. That's true. But that was also pretty close. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a unique situation. I think one of the biggest things is there's like a certain level of comfort which could be a negative thing if you are too comfortable but like mm -hmm. to try things or to not feel like when you're recording in a studio especially when we recorded artists the original one there was so much pressure like it was probably more for riley than anybody and it's kind of the case always for, for riley unfortunately mm -hmm. or drummers in general but um you know, those studios cost a bunch of money and there's people working there and they want to go home and eat dinner with their family. And there's all these things. And like you get this time crunch and that kind of like wrecks your confidence maybe a little. Riley does really well with it. I don't know how he does it. Uh, not really. I mean, <laughs> well, for example, Palms. A lot of those songs weren't totally finished. And we recorded this really nice studio in Los Angeles. And I just remember being like, holy smokes, like Riley is crushing these songs. And like, it's just like fancy microphones everywhere and all this stuff. And <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is like, we don't really have to deal with that as much. I mean, there's still the pressure to get it right. But it's like when you're with your, your buddies that you've been doing it with for so many years, there's like a little bit more of a just like an added confidence or looseness which i think translates into the music hopefully um, there's a, yeah there's a lot mm -hmm. less of that feeling i think being at the spot and and yeah. just being us yeah like I, for example for horizons i was freaking out because i wanted to get this one <laughs> uh part that had uh feedback through what what is it on um it's on the slow slow jam uh still life yeah St still life yeah there's like a yeah. part where there's uh feeding back bass through this section of which was the, on the demo that we like yeah guitars doing this really mellow stuff but i couldn't get the feedback to do the right thing and i would never have held on to that like i did punishing i punished these guys <laughs> to get it right and it, i even yeah well then and you I, actually then we ended up leaving and i did it alone and yeah. you did it like alone and finally figured out what was wrong yeah but like 
it meant a lot to me. And, and there are situations where maybe something means a lot to you like that part and you let it slide because it's, it's somebody else's time. I don't know. Maybe that means I don't respect you guys, <laughs> your time or something. Uh, but like, but that's no, not for sure. For sure. That's something no, it's you more... would let slide. You, you would give that up. And if you're in real, Oh, hundred percent way faster a different studio too. environment. Yeah. Right. Well, there's also sure. like, yeah. yeah, there, there can be harder deadlines too, depending on, you know, you're yeah. renting a studio. Well, you're just, so. we're not, we're not burning money being here. We're not wasting somebody else's time. You know, yeah, yeah. It's nice, uh, and it's it's, it's more great. freedom. And it's great that it's close because it does give us more freedom to you know, like Ed can just right hang there and figure that thing out, or especially for practicing stuff like that. But like the other solution solutions usually for us recording would be like going away, which we're already away a lot uh, when we're touring. So that's hard or like driving to LA every day or something, which ends up really sucking and you're basically gone, but without the benefits. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's been huge having it there and I think we'll continue to pay dividends. Uh, someone said, I think cold war kids is credited with some photos art from the original. Uh, did you have a say in that? And if so, are they aware of the awesome take on the revisited artwork? So before Cold War Kids was a band, it was the name of Matt Moss's uh, art. Like the art he was making, he called it Cold War Kids. Uh, and he did the art for Illusion of Safety and the artist in the ambulance. He's the bass player for the band Cold War Kids. So yeah, he did the original artwork. Uh, we were going to have to this artwork but he is a squirrely fellow and it did not work out so which i would have been really cool but the new art i ended up finding that we were thinking about trying to take a picture of the original hospital from the same angle but like at sunset or something so it would feel kind of like it had moved through time but we we actually had someone go out and try to take photos there it's in it's in the Hague, right? Yeah. I think it's in I the Hague. So. Anyway, um, A, they couldn't find the angle that uh, Matt had shot it from. I think he must have been on a building or something, but couldn't couldn't get the angle to get, like, cause so much of that original photo is from, like, the way the cables are hanging in certain places and stuff. Um, but also there's been a lot of changes to that whole area. I think there were trees that were blocking you know, where you'd originally see it. So, uh, I thought it'd be interesting to find a different hospital maybe so that the photo that's on the front is, uh, this brutalist hospital building. I think it's a mental hospital in Australia. Um, but I, is it really? Yeah. Crikey. Anyway, I found a photo online. I was like, this photo is cool. I like this. Uh, and we asked the guy on, was on Reddit or something and bought it from him. So, uh, and then we made the call to like leave all the kind of crusty stuff off it just to have a different feel, um, since that was very of its time, uh, and yeah, clean it up, but it was fun to, uh, fun to put our, our new little 
imprint uh the new grass i guess we haven't really talked about that in all this i don't think we've talked about it at all yeah yeah okay that, no. maybe that's a good thing to talk about uh we so we released this on our own as the first thing other than uh our very first ep which you cannot buy uh but we that was triforce records yeah uh <laughs> our own little imprint uh it was just us making 500 of those um but yeah so we now on this record uh have our own little label and so we're doing kind of a distribution deal so a lot of the you know actually getting the records made and stuff is not on us but uh yeah it's our little thing so we named it new grass which is also the name of the studio uh which is from uh talk talk song that we all uh really like but also i weirdly have been obsessed with the grass in the past couple of records so uh and it yeah it, that's on the uh <laughs> <laughs> that's uh no there's just i don't know i whatever i've talked about that elsewhere but um yeah, uh, so we got uh, our friend Jordan, uh, who did the art for well, multiple Thrice Records, designed that logo for us, which is in the spot that the old uh, little island uh, palm tree used to be. So that's fun. Yeah, I think the main idea was like we wanted to be recognizable as the same kind of template, but also catch your eye. They're like, wait, that's not it, but I know what that is. Uh, any plans to continue the podcast, but for other albums, having guests on and gaining new insight on the album was fantastic. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, it, it made sense for this one, but I think it's, I don't know. I think it's been a fun way to kind of get at different things that you wouldn't. We're also terrible at interviews. So I think we're <laughs> a little bit better at doing the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Just feeling like we're in conversation a little bit. We're marginally better at yes. the podcast. <laughs> oh, somebody said people get paid on Fridays so you can spend your money on albums. I see. Mm. And there you go. Makes sense. Any plans to have some video clip of one of the songs? Maybe something like a live recording from your studio would be great. Uh, oh, Ed. What? Oh, Ed. Yeah. What? Oh. He's got some clips on his phone. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. oh, oh. I did record yeah. a lot of a lot of the tracking. Yeah, we didn't use any of that. It's all it's all cell phone recording, but I That's just wanted fine. if we don't do it now, maybe we could use it for something in the future or whatever. But it's like you you know, you look at like documentaries about jazz records or something you're like oh i just wish they had like a little bit more footage and that's on you know film and it's all crazy um i think before we recorded this maybe months before but that uh beatles documentary came out and i was like oh my gosh like it's so cool to see this whether the world sees it or not just like the ability to like reflect and be like okay that's what was happening or that's how we played this or whatever um so i just tried to make my best effort to record as much as possible um dustin recorded last and i wasn't able to be there for all of it the guitar so i didn't get all that and i didn't get the vocals because it's a little bit awkward um maybe i got a little bit but um yeah it's something i want to i mean think about in the future more like maybe 
maybe I can buy like a better a better camera or something because um, we don't do it ourselves. It costs us money, and then if it costs us money, it's like this whole other thing. I don't. But um, I think it's something that we should we should do. Um, I don't want to connect uh, anything via a podcast. Yeah. But... Well, I was. <laughs> I think we should record more. The hard thing is, I think we're always like oh, that would have been fun to capture, but nobody was recording, and then we right. just give up. Um, but we will have something coming up. I probably shouldn't say what exactly it is, but there will be some live recording in the studio that we'll be doing in the next month or something before we leave. I don't know when that'll come out, but uh, that will have a song from the record, I think, is the plan. So, and some other songs. about silhouette once again um, but how did it feel carrying that song over to revisited it's such an interesting song and i love the slower and more brooding sound you guys have to it i was also curious to see how it would sound considering the different direction in the more recent works i think i mentioned that before but i i feel like that one benefited a lot from the revisit and a lot of that has to do with seemingly small things but just i mean it slowed down a little bit and then just the way I'm actually singing and the way I think we're playing some of the guitar parts uh, is just looser and it adds up, I think, quite a bit. Yeah, I think I that know. what you would call like your vocal kind of laying back a little bit, mm -hmm. actually, maybe this is exactly what you just said, but it, mm -hmm. it, it just adds to the entire weight of the song. Even the guitar is almost like feel like they land a little bit harder too like there's like a hard to describe maybe if you're not playing it but just it just makes everything kind of like drop with more weight i don't know yeah that's a that's like a hard a hard thing because especially if you're recording like right as you're finishing writing something it's hard to even tell that that's something that needs to happen like you're just like, oh, I, I wrote this melody and the melody's good and this is the timing of it, right? And you sing it that way, especially, and it's also always awkward singing uh, in the studio. Like it's, I've gotten much better at it, but I was not very good at it at the time um, when we did the original. So it's just like, I'm just trying to, you know, it's the same thing. Everyone feels that pressure of time, you know, like how we don't have forever to get this. So like, I sang it right, you know, there it is. Like, and mm -hmm. slowly over time you realize, oh, I sing this so different now because I've played it so many times. Um, and you just find that, that groove. And I think that kind of thing we're just more aware of 20 years down the line too. Um, and more naturally gravitate towards already singing and playing things those ways. Um, sometimes it happens in the opposite direction too like we'll goose songs a couple bpm mm. live mm. that's yeah fairly often yeah 
And that, that doesn't always mean that it was the wrong temp or tempo on the record either. Sometimes you just get on stage right. and it just has a different energy. For sure. How about it seems that the dates for the artist in the ambulance tour this year are already set. Any plans to extend to Europe next year? I have been told I can allude to plans and discussions. <laughs> <laughs> so there, I have alluded to it. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. Yeah. Oh, here's, here's a good one. LOL. <laughs> um, Word. Yeah. Oh, uh, someone's asking if Revisit is getting a CD release as well, like physical compact disc, or is that considered dead these days? Uh, it's pretty dead. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everything has shifted you know, forward or backwards to streaming or vinyl and cassette tapes. Um, but having a physical copy of a digital thing that you can get in other easier ways digitally generally is not uh, a big selling point these days. Though some people are big on the, the wave file, so you can get that on stuff like title and stuff, right? Right. Band, Bandcamp. Bandcamp too. Oh yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. So if you want that, there are easier ways than buying a disc that then you will be like, what do I do with the disc? I remember when I got rid of all of my compact discs, I kept on, I kept them for a long time, but then I was like, I am mm -hmm. never getting these out to listen to. Uh, I did try to, all did the ones freeze. I did not think would ever end up on like, cause I was doing like the Apple match thing at the time. So like if I had owned the CD, like I could listen to it on like streaming too, before there was like uh -oh. Spotify was big. But there was ones that I like uploaded because they were just small punk things I knew would never be on there, which is kind of rad though, because I have those digitally now, as long as Apple keeps them in some weird server. That's interesting to think about. Sorry, not to go too crazy, but will there ever be like a point where the cloud is too deep? No, probably not. Like all the the music that's contained on it, I'm sure there will be a way to search and find it. I guess it's always going to be better than tech is going to outpace the amount of content, I think. Right. Just because how, I mean, this is, did we talk about this another one? Toby and I were just tripping out on, like, one of the differences between recording these is the technology of uh, digital storage and how that's changed in 20 years mm -hmm. is wild because you used to have because Artist was the first one we did all digitally, right? Because Illusion was on tape. Artist was on tape, but then bounced to digital. I feel like the drums or were was on just tape. the the drums. Yeah, the drums. Oh, Tepe died. He's coming Not back. Not really. Folks. He's just he's out. Um, yeah, but I think we did the drums on tape or something, and then transferred it. But just you'd have massive hard drives, and it would take you literally like an hour to back back it up just mm -hmm. to like save it and so you'd be like finish something be like all right let's go take a break because we have to <laughs> save this for an hour and now the things are super tiny and are bus powered and 
save in like 10 seconds. So, hmm. How about for Revisited, did you guys just do one track for each instrument to give it that live sounding feel? If not, how did you guys pull off that sound from a tracking and mixing perspective? Too bad Tepe is not here. It's okay. Um, mostly. Um, he would know for sure, but I mean, it's definitely one guitar track probably with two amps on each yeah. of those tracks. So it's like one, one take, you know, that's happening that you have two amps on so you can blend them differently. And then there are small points where, you know, maybe four or five spots on the record where I'd be playing a kind of rhythm part and Tepe would be playing a lead. And then we would, we did another track that's doing the, the rhythm part just to beef it up. Um, it would be probably really hard to even pick out, but it stuff where Scott who mixed it was like, yeah, that could use that right there. So, um, trying to be not, uh, overboard with that kind of thing, but yeah, it's, it's very pared down for the most part. Um, I think that also like, uh, is helpful with or helpful is not the right word with the tones that we prefer now or the tones that we're using now although we did add some more like higher distortion tones for some of the songs it really like brings out how good the guitar sounds if you don't layer it multiple times because that does add like a, a thickness to it and like a like a like a girth i don't know if that's the right word. but um and then in, yeah in certain spots we added a third just like a rhythm part if there was just like a lead part that was feeling like it needed to be filled out uh but we used it pretty subtly i think yeah um, even in the mixing it's it's very subtle yeah so it's just there to kind of fill out the the space that like if i'm playing a high lead or something um you know it's just kind of filling that space but um i think from a mixing standpoint i think in the episode with scott we touched on a lot of that kind of stuff i i think maybe too part of that yeah i I guess that's true scott is talking about that but it's part of the way that scott approached the mix is it's we're you know trying to make it sound like a man in a room kind of thing and pretty stripped down but it's also like part of the approach that we took with the record and the re-record was not keeping in some of the more like layers that were on the original. And I think that ends up making it feel a little more live too. Like, whereas, you know, we recorded very similarly to Horizons East, but Horizons East has some more of that kind of stuff happening, you know, different, you know, more synthy stuff or just, I don't know, just different layers. Um, even though it, it has a liveish feel, I think that makes it not feel as alive. Mm-hmm. Pepe, more of your vocals in the future? Yes. I'm always trying to get Pepe to sing. Uh <laughs> just... maybe. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't like singing. I don't I don't I don't like I don't feel like I'm good at it. And I we have Dustin who's very good at it, so Boo. That's not incorrect. Well, I mean, yes, Dustin is singing. He's good at singing, but you have good vocals. So, more questions for Tepe. 
Did you use your self-made guitars in this recording or in those? Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. Um, I used the first first two guitars I made um, for majority of it, actually. Um, there was a track or two where I used, uh, I have a Les Paul Deluxe with mini humbuckers in it. Um, what was that, Ed? Was it a... Uh, yeah. Oh, Hoods. Hoods on Peregrine. Um, we used it for that, which it, it's got a pretty unique sound that uh, works really well when it does. And then oftentimes is like kind of cool, but not exactly the right sound. But um, for that song, it was pretty yeah, much it was, the perfect it sound. It was pretty weird um, how right it was. We were like, oh, okay, yes, this is the right guitar. Yeah, like I always thought the single coil would be the way to go if we read that song. And uh, I tried my telly and that, it was just like a little too jangly sounding. And then humbuckers were too humbuckery. I don't know. So, and that, that just kind of sat right in between. Um, and then I think it was All It's Left was a Telecaster. And maybe everything else was my guitars. <laughs> Right, maybe we'll we'll end with this one. Is there a song you look forward to playing the most on this upcoming tour? It's looking looking to the future. Question is, do we can we tell you what those are or what they are? Well, I think they mean from the record. Oh shoot! Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> let's interpret. Let's interpret. Not, not yeah. looking forward. <laughs> let's interpret it through that lens. Uh, I'm going to say that ending of, uh, Abolition of Man seems like it'll be fun. Oh yeah. Uh, we haven't played that in a while. I might, I might think differently once we're, I think I'm just like screaming it every day, but it seems like it's going to be heavy. Yeah. That'll be fun. Hoods will be yeah. fun. That's always a fun song to play. And we haven't done that in a really mm -hmm. long time. So it's kind of a funny one. It's like, uh, Tepe and I are doing a lot of like trading of, little parts back and forth and then layering them actually that's a fun story <laughs> recording this there was a point where Tepe played the wrong part right and so I ended up playing like it didn't they don't cross the way they normally do do you remember that those little oh, yeah, maybe. maybe yeah and so like it we end up, or we do cross, like yeah, like we cross like each that. other instead of like following the way it did on the actual record. But you How probably you never noticed unless you were looking for it. But I don't, now I don't even know. Was that a product of us changing what we do live though? And I just was doing what we do live? No, it's a product of us having not played it in a while and then like relearning it. And then <laughs> you tracking your guitar before me. And then we realized, oh, okay, right. you play the other part now. I would say I'm looking forward to, well, I'm looking forward to playing the whole album and like crowd participation aspects of it, because I know people like hold the record pretty dear. So I'm like excited for that, like kind of like little infinite loop between the crowd and us. Um, That's not as a, as a, yet as a general thing but i'm also um i don't know uh, i shouldn't have started saying this because i'm and now i'm like kind of backing up on the thing that i was going to say i don't know i'm i'm excited about 
um, playing some of the songs that we just haven't played that much over the years. Um, I mean, it'll be great to play Silhouette again. It'll be great to play Ars in the Ambulance again. But like songs like Hoods or Abolition or Don't Tell Anyone Ask, I think those are like super fun. I was actually practicing along to like a live video of it's Don't Tell Anyone Ask, right? That's yeah. Okay. Okay. And like, you in the video you could hear the crowd um at the end yelling like the same red blood in the background and i kind of got a little teary-eyed and i was like oh dang this is going to be why this is going to be like a heavy like it's going to be super cool i'm really excited about it oh yeah i forgot about that part live that's good yeah i thought you were going to say they're screaming oh. dead bull. <laughs> <laughs> that might be, yeah in all the quiet parts yeah please do not cool that's a good place a to good uh, <laughs> leave off uh as we look forward to this tour mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's coming quick we will see you all out there soon thank you so much for listening to the artist in the ambulance revisited podcast and <laughs> i have i can't speak anymore he ran out of <laughs> <laughs> I woke up at two thirty last night. I was up basically till oh. the morning. So, yeah, yeah, I broken. Thank you for uh, joining us. Um, sorry to anybody that hears this later and couldn't make it. Um, maybe we'll, if we do something like this again, we'll try and figure out a better time for people across the world. Um, this this time worked out for us today, but. Um, Thanks for the questions, everybody. Um, We'll see you on the road. Thanks for listening. Head over to thrice.net for tour dates and tickets for the Artist in the Ambulance 20th Anniversary Tour. Special thanks to our editor, Andy Lara, at andylikeswords.com. Stay!